And uh, uh, just kind of hide them in the back of your thinking uh, as we talk about what we're going to talk about. Hey, Josh, thank you very much. Well, if you were here last week for the first time, um, that was a great day for us. And uh, uh, my daughter, Morgan, who was doing the announcements, kind of stole my thum- thunder on that. <laughs> 782, what? And you're stealing my thunder right now. Shut up. No, my daughter's awesome. Uh, Yeah, we could say it a lot of times. 782 people. Now, uh, it's not just about how many people you can pack in a room because you actually can't pack that many people in this room. Uh, We we actually ran out of communion. Uh, That's the worst to sit there. People coming up, we're getting ready to connect with God around this. Sorry, we're out. Uh, That will not happen again. We actually, we got a strategy around that now. We got uh, like portable things that we can grab and you can peel off and boom. So next time we have 782. There was actually people who uh, showed up and uh, saw there was no place to park, no place to come in, and they went home. Yeah, so uh, uh, we're going to trust that they're the 200 people who were doing Facebook Live, right? Yeah, but what a great day. And if you were, if you were there uh, last week for the first time and you came back today, we were hoping you would. We were hoping you would. We've been praying that you would. And, and uh, uh, so um, this message today uh, is directed uh, just around the core things, the, the, the basic things. Uh, now, we've normally been in the Gospel of Luke. You guys know this. Just trying to see who Jesus is, what he taught, how to follow him, who he is, uh, all of that. And we've been in some, doing some heavy lifting lately. And we're going to get back to some heavy lifting in a, in a couple of weeks. But uh, I mentioned to you that we want to every, oh, six months or something, we've got to circle back around to the core things about our vision. Uh, and our vision is very simple, as you, as you know. It's just love God and love people. But that did not come simply. I actually, uh, you know, I was, this is my, I'm in my fifth year. We've gone four years and I'm in my, my fifth year here as lead pastor. And uh, we had this phrase, brought to life to bring life, and that's a great phrase and, and uh, uh, action-oriented about what we ought to do is responding to the life we have. And, and, uh, but when I became pastor, I, uh, I felt like, well, that was good. It wasn't resonating, and it wasn't just churning out any momentum. Uh, it wasn't gathering tracks, and Lord, you've got to give me a vision. Um, now I asked everybody else, what do you think the vision is? I, we needed it. and You know, an organization and a church especially needs a vision. Where is it going? And, uh, and so I, I spent a long time, a couple years, uh, sabbatical time, and some of the time just crying out, Lord, you've got to have a vision. Give us a vision. We need a vision, one that's portable, one that's transferable, one that uh, whether you're getting started or you've been going a long time, uh, would, would gather traction, something we can all gather around, something that's important enough that we could give our life to, something that, if it happened, would change everything around us. Um, and uh, uh, give me something like that. And, and gosh, I, I would come up with these things, and then I would pray about them for a while and realize, oh, that's not it. Oh, that's not it. And... Uh, uh, in the background, feeling like I'm failing because if you're kind of the leader of the place, you got to have some vision, you know. And and uh, God, you got to come through for me here, um, because without a clear vision, uh, we're all just going to be kind of just 
stationary at best. And so, Lord, you got to show up. Well, a couple years ago, after a couple years of that, I'm up at my cabin, and I'm just kind of getting angry at God. you got to give it here. I, am, I mean, if I ever cried out for something, this is it. And you need to show up because we need it, and I'm not doing too good without it. And, uh, and in the middle, I can tell you about time of day, that's how it works for me, about right where I was. And, and finally, I just went, you know, God, this isn't working. All I really want to do, if I drop the reins of my life, I'm just going to head right. But you know what I really want to do? I just want to love you and love people. That's all I really want to do. You could feel the hope come on that. Yeah, that's it. And I could feel the Lord go, yeah, that's it. We've been a long time getting to that right there. You've been trying too hard with it, Charlie. You've been trying too hard with it. Love God and love people, because that's all I really want to do. I mean, don't you think, actually, if you just kind of get self-reflective, at the end of the day, isn't that just kind of what resonates in your heart? I just kind of want to love God and love people. It kind of cuts through all the religious mumbo-jumbo. It kind of slices through all the marketing that you need to have a vision. It kind of just makes it simple. and go, yeah, I kind of just want to love God and love people. And it, and it, and it, and it, and it feels like that is uh, hopeful. It kind of has to glisten on it, sparkles a little bit, because you and I are made to do that. That's what we're made to do. Now, I stole that from the Bible intuitively uh, for a vision, right? And, and now, all you guys who have been walking with us for a while, uh, you know, because we've right out of Luke 10, where it came from, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, uh, I can tell you that it gathered traction in my own heart, and it's gathering traction in this church, that the simplicity of it, I hear you talking about it. I actually will see orchard people out and about just turning and going, well, what's that about? Well, it's, we just kind of about loving God and loving people. Oh. We were, we were uh, uh, f- uh, on a guided float trip uh, last week, and uh, the guide knew I was a pastor. And so he, he tried to kind of pull off one of his uh, pretty spiritual comment. And I went, you know, I've been doing church a long time. And really, honestly, I just kind of want to love God and love people. And he goes, yeah. And he doesn't even know, he doesn't even know Jesus, really. It just rolls off. And so the vision of loving God and loving people, while it is very simple, you can put your whole life into that. You will. If you're just getting started, uh, you'll be able to do this every day for the rest of your life. Because there's always going to be a challenge when you're loving people that will draw you back to God vertically. And the simplicity of it centers you. It centers our church, and I believe that as you mobilize doing that, hope will start to glisten all over the valley. Things will start to get better for people because you're there, because you're loving God and loving people. And that's the simple vision, and I told you, I told you last week, we were going to, this is going to be a very simple message, by the way, that uh, we were just going to do some of the core things. Now, you might be wondering, uh, those of you who are first time here, now, wait a minute. Who was the guy last week? Who are you, Charlie? Who's the guy last week who was speaking? And why is another guy up here speaking right now? Well, I just want to take the opportunity. Uh, That's intentional, by the way. 
That's absolutely intentional. Uh, I believe that to get the nuances of the vision, you need to hear different voices. And I love <clears throat> listening to Daniel. That was a beautiful message last week. I hope you listened to that again. And uh, so frequently, you'll hear Daniel and I and then other voices, Pastor Doug, uh, because it gives you the whole flavor. That's, that's intentional around that. And I think that the depth of our church is, uh, and, and the depth of our love for God and our understanding of Him is more because of that. Uh, now, so I'm asking you, if you're just getting started here, there's a tendency to go, I like this one and I like that one. Receive from whoever's given it to you because that's part of the plan. And, I, and, I, and for all of you who've been around a while, uh, you can talk to somebody who's been around and they'll say that's what they've learned to do over time. So I want to dig in to just one simple verse. And I feel like if you left with uh, this one verse in your uh, makeup, in your thinking, in your grid, um, you're, you're uh, along the way here. Now, we only got four words to our vision, love God and love people. And if we're doing two weeks, I only get two words here. Somebody else is going to cover next week, love people. I got love God. Love God. Now, I want you to go to... We're going to do it this way. First uh, John. Uh, John, who wrote the Gospel of John, also wrote some small books in the back called Epistles. Uh, and their instructions how to do the Christian life. And uh, the, the fourth chapter of John, we're going to look at verse 19. It's very short. It's only six words. And uh, this really resonates with me. I pray this all the time. And I, uh, I, I realize and think about it all the time. So it kind of flows into... Uh, if I were to give you some core ideas about loving God from this portion of Scripture here. It says, we love because He first loved us. That's what I want you to take away today. There's the takeaway right there. We love because He first loved us. Now before we do the we love part, let's do the, be, the last four word, uh, words. Because He first loved us. First is priori, is the Greek word, and you can hear it, priority or prior. It's the first thing that happened, and spatially it means it's in front of, or obviously, sequentially, this happened before this. And so, uh, he, God, loved, and you know the words, the Greek words, don't you? Uh, there's the word, Greek word for uh, affection, like I love chocolate cake. There's the Greek word for uh, eros, which uh, is uh, romantic love. There's the Greek word for uh, brotherly love. And then there's agape. You know that, most of you, uh, already. And agape love is unconditional love, which, by definition, would go first. He loved first because if he loved out of condition, he'd be waiting for you to do something. Right? I mean, that just goes without saying. So unconditional love means that he moved out first. And I think that's very significant to think. Uh, every response that you have, everything that you're thinking, he's first on. He moved on out of his love for you. His priority was you before you did anything. If you had to do something, he would then react to what you did. And uh, that is not how this works. That's why this is so significant. We love because he first loved us. Now, love is a verb, so that means action, right? That means he did something. I think part of the problem when you look at this vision of loving God is that it feels like um, a feeling. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to have a warm, fuzzy feeling about loving God. 
I'm supposed to walk around with a smile on my face and a skip in my step. And whoo-hoo, I just feel good. Well, if you know about relationships, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. I mean, right? Anybody been married here? A few. And so uh, you know how sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't. But it's based on the commitments that you made. God made a commitment to you to take action on your behalf because he loved you. Any response we have is because he first loved us. Now, how did he do it? If you jump up to, uh, there's a lot in this chapter, but I'm just pulling out a few things. If you jump up to uh, verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Okay, so here's God. He loves you, and he's deciding what he's going to do to express his love for you the best way he can. He's decided it's sending his son for you so that you could have life. That's what it says right there, that you could have life so that you could live through him, which must mean that without that, it's something less than it's supposed to be. Or by extension, death, right? Well, why'd that happen? Verse 10 says, this is love. Not that we loved God, same thing that was said in this other verse that we were just working on, but that he loved us and sent his son on an, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. An atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay, I know. I know that uh, some of you and basically the whole culture, I just lost you. As soon as I said our sins, uh, I, I know that uh, this is like what you were worried about in church. This is like what you were afraid they were going to talk about, and it's going to be a guilt thing, right? Here comes the guilt trip. The whole reason that you, don't, you perceive that you don't want to come to church, because this is where they're going to go. Because we have a whole society that really, you know, guilt is bad. And so if guilt is bad, then we got to figure out what we're going to do with it. And we'll just redefine it away. Uh, actually, uh, Morgan, my daughter, uh, last year, a friend of hers, uh, she asked a friend of hers to come to church, to the orchard. And the friend said, yeah, I'll come to your church if you'll come to my church. And so Morgan said, yeah, we'll do that. And it's the everything church. It's not a Christian church. It's the the everything. I guess they believe everything and hardly anything. I'm not sure. But uh, she goes to church. Yes, I am throwing the everything church under the bus at the moment. Um, on this subject of guilt. Because uh, she, uh, she goes in and this nice lady that uh, we know from our neighborhood, our previous neighborhood, comes up and says, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Big smiles. And uh, uh, and, said, and said, what do you normally do? Well, I normally go to the orchard. Oh, you're going to love it here because we got all the spirituality and no guilt. Ah. I would have asked some questions at that point, but I, uh, I, I, she didn't, and I, I probably wouldn't have either, actually. But, but uh, oh, yeah, that kind of explains things. Because what we really need is we want our life to be a little bit better and one of the things we're going to do to do that is we're going to have to ditch the guilt. I mean, we all know that uh, guilt prolonged is a mess, right? Messes with your life. We'll do a lot of things out of uh, uh, a guilty conscience, won't we? Uh, 
And so I guess it makes sense that you'd kind of want to find a church that's going to not tell you about that. Who wants to come to church and talk about guilt? You came last week, and now you're here this week and going, oh, man. Well, uh, that's great. Wish I would have gone to the everything church. <laughs> but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. What if guilt isn't bad or good? What if it's the response to what we've done and what we feel? And what if there's a solution to that? Wouldn't you rather work on the solution to that instead of just redefine it and then pitch it because you've worked it out in your philosophy or your psychology to say that it doesn't exist anymore? That would be what we would call magical thinking, to turn and say, because I say it's not there, it's not there. Because I'm creating my own reality. But don't you know, can't you feel it intuitively underneath there that something's not right? Can't you feel that something's not whole, something's not complete, that something has missed the mark? So if God, if he loved you, could do one thing, what would he do? Well, he would send his son as an atoning sacrifice. The word, the theological word there is propitiation. In your place. So the reality is it's better to just face the reality of it. Here we are, a God who loves us, who we are separate from. And why? Because of our sin. Maybe it's not much, or maybe it's a lot, but it's all too much. It says, I love you so much, I got a real solution. Now, isn't that incredible risk to send his son to die in your place so that you could have a relationship with God, with people who may never even respond to him? Imagine you pouring out your love to somebody, your affection towards somebody, and nothing coming back. Well, that is the nature of, of going first. Love goes first. Love always goes first. And God goes first. We love because he first loved by sending his son. Now, if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you might go, yeah, I've heard that a lot. But you know, uh, the, the tighter you are with him, the more you love to hear the good news again. The more uh, you know that you walk that out daily. Yeah, there's one time when you get started, when you recognize that, but you walk it out daily. Now God, he risked it all. He risked it all, gave up his son so that you could know him. So the move, you know, I'm into tennis. I'm not into tennis. My family's into tennis. You can tell I'm not that into tennis. But I come from a tennis family. My dad was a pro, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of tennis language around our our house. So here comes the ball. The ball is what? In your court. He moves. Boom. Now it's your move. See? So if it says he loved us, we love because he loved us. It's your move. Now, what are you going to do with that? Right? That's what's really interesting. When it says, throw up 19 again, will you? Katie? Thank you. <laughs> we love. 
because he first loved us. So interestingly enough, in some of the Greek versions uh, and some other English versions translate it this way, uh, <clears throat> there's actually a personal pronoun after love, uh, and it says him. Now, I think that's kind of important to understand the meaning of this thing here, actually. We love, yes, in general, your ability to love is really based on God's loving you first and freeing you up from uh, guilt and shame and everything because of Jesus so that you can love. Yes, that's true. But the verse here, and the reason I'm, I'm bringing it out, is we love him because he first loved us. So what, Jesus, what we're describing here is not just a theological concept about how we were separate from God. Uh, Christ came, uh, died on the cross for you so that you could uh, be with him. It's a relational concept here. It's completely relational. Love is relational. <clears throat> based on action. That's why uh, the simple Shema that Jesus uh, said was the core of, of the whole thing, which is, you know this, we saw it in Luke uh, 11, and it's from Deuteronomy. That's called the Shema, or how about in our, that's, that's Jewish stuff, how about we call it the Jesus Creed. Uh, we can go love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. With all of your heart, that's your passion, your interests, your treasure, with all of your soul, your inner self, your deep self, your identity. Love him from there. With your mind, <clears throat> all your thoughts, your plans, your strategies, maybe even the things you worry about and that you think about. And that's, that's a great place to love God because as you are, as you are contemplating those things that are a, a challenge for you, they're an opportunity to release to him. And your strength, which is obviously your energy, your work, your leadership, your influence. So the idea is that we're supposed to love God with everything, everything you have. That's the decision that you make when you get started. That's what, that's what you're doing when you do that. And so, oh, you're going to be in luck. I'm going to land this thing fairly soon. <clears throat> or I could talk about some other stuff. Because <clears throat> I think there's some commitments. <laughs> I just have several commitments that I think you make because love is based on commitment. When you stand up in a, in a marriage, right? I've done a few of those. You guys are my heavy hitters in marriage. They're doing, you know, if you want to get married, I, I move you over to the selfs. But I've sat there and I've had the words and helped them work out their vows. And, and uh, uh, I promise, I vow to love you until death does us part. And sickness and health, those words, right? And now, those are words you're making at the beginning of the relationship. And you make those promises at the beginning of the relationship because there's going to be all of those circumstances that come up. I actually think that love is expressed in what, whatever the commitments that you make are. That's, if you want to express love, if we're talking about uh, agape love, unconditional love, it's the commitments that you make. Now, the ball's in your court. God has made his move. He's made a move towards you so that he could be in relationship with you. What will you do to be in relationship with him to get started and on a daily basis going forward? What does it look like to love God? I mean, if it's not a feeling, because feelings come and go, sometimes there's a big rush and sometimes there's uh, some quietness and tough times, right? Right? Even with God. Matter of fact, I've, I've, I've learned over the years that 
Sometimes it's in those quiet times where he's not speaking a lot or, or I'm not getting the answer to the prayer that I asked for where my commitments are tested uh, and actually my love for him is, is tested and, uh, and I see him in a greater and deeper way as a result. Some of you guys have been walking with Jesus for a while know what I'm talking about. It's not all a straight line, is it? No relationship you have. Now, I don't really think that it's so bumpy because of God. It's usually because of me, and that's what I usually discover in those times. But you don't stand up in a... I actually went to a uh, Scientology... I'm throwing everybody under the bus today. I went to a Scientology uh, wedding, and they said words like, can't help it if you're a Scientologist. This is the lamest thing I ever heard in my life. I promise to have affinity for you as long as I have affinity for you. (laughs) If it weren't true, I would have done that. And then she said the same words. So I guess that means as soon as I don't feel it, my promise is off. Which is really... um, You know, that is not a surprising kind of idea, considering the way uh, our culture is. We want all our options open, don't we? We don't really want to commit to anything because we want to do something else. And so I I think love is expressed in the commitments that you make and the, the commitments that you make before the circumstance challenges it. Or it wouldn't be love. So I'll I'll give you just a couple of commitments that you might want to think about. I would commit to first things. He first loved you with, uh, the Bible says Jesus was the firstborn. He was, uh, everything was poured out from his resources, the first for you. I would challenge you to do the same thing. Let him have the first of your time, the first of your energy, the first of your resources. How are you going to figure out how to do the second? Or how are you going to figure out how to do the third on that one? How do you figure it out? Well, you can't really balance. You don't don't put God in the balance of everything. You put him first and you trust him for the rest. That's what you do. You put him first. And I think that's a decision you make. Imagine you're standing there. Okay, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to put you first. And I think you can make this practical. I'm not telling you you have to do this. I'm asking you to pray about the commitments that you make. But then make them before God. It's between you and him anyway. I'm not checking. I won't know. But I would do the first of your day. I would start your day off. Every day. And I'm not saying every day have your quiet time. Read read two verses and move on. Uh, It may be a short time or maybe a long time, but Lord, this is your time. This is your time right now because I still got stuff from yesterday. You got to re-up every day. Okay, so like when you decide to follow Jesus the first time, it's not one and done. It's every day you're re-upping. You guys know, some, some of you know this, right? That's what love looks like all the time, every day. So sometimes you get up and uh, the first part of the day, and I, I got to be honest, there's stuff from yesterday, Lord. Whew, I got to drop that because I'm, I'm, I'm angry. Or I'm, 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 not, 
I'm, I'm afraid of how I'm going to respond to that. Oh, you know what? I got a feeling some of you people are a lot less volatile than me, honestly. I mean, I got a feeling that my time with Jesus is like, <laughs> and you guys are just kind of like, oh. Like your voice changes when you pray. Oh, oh. I'm like, God, man, I just, I just want to kill that guy. And I can't go through this day like that. I mean, because it's love God and love people part, right? I can't go through this day like that. Oh, I've got to drop that down. <clears throat> oh, and I'm looking at what's happening today, what i got to do. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know where that's going to come from. I don't know how we're... I know I'm ready uh, with the first part of the day when I can breathe. And, uh, but you got your own relationship. It's your own relationship with Jesus. So I don't know what the first part of your day looks like, but uh, uh, sometimes it's just the discipline of the first day. I'm just going to be in his word, right? Uh, and sometimes I'm, I, I have people that um, I'm constantly praying. I have declarations that I make, and I just automatically make those in the first part of the day. But sometimes it's a wrestling match, and I just need God to win so bad. And that, so I can go through the rest of the day. I'd give him the first part of the week if I were you. Now, I know this is like old school down south Bible Belt stuff. And uh, first part of the week, are you kidding? I'm on the one a month plan. Well, I got to say that uh, uh, I'm going to, it's not just coming to get some good juice or a buzz. It's an opportunity to come and serve as an act of love for God. It's an opportunity to be here and uh, to move about in community with people and maybe step out because you love God. That's why it's an expression of it. I'd put the first part of your week in your, in your priority system instead of the second or the third or whatever that, however that fits. I'd take your resources. Now, I know this is, this is ooh, challenging, but I would start off with your resources, with your money, and I'd, I'd, I'd go, love God? Okay, I'm going to start with the first fruits, and I'm going to love you with the first stuff. I'm going to look at it. I'm not going to, like, we, you don't, don't tithe or give because we need it. I mean, sometimes you get out the bulletin, you look at it, and you go, holy cow, here's a check. They're in trouble. Or sometimes you look at it, and you go, holy cow, they got a lot of money. We'll do something else. Don't do that at all. Give because you love God. It's an expression that you love Him. And it's a commitment that you make back when you don't have anything. I, I, I mean, we've been doing this a little, bit, a little while, and I was thinking about this, uh, just enjoying, recalling uh, our history with God on this, and how it's been a part of our relationship with God. And I say our, Gwen and I. I can remember at a time when we didn't have work. Now, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you to consider this. <laughs> and we didn't have work, and we got a check for $643. And I got three kids, little teeny kids. And our rent is $500, which is pretty cheap, right? But it's $634. You do the math on that. I look at it about 25 years ago, and we take $63, and we gave it to the Lord at church. And I don't know how, but he provided for us. Because now, Lord, it's your problem, not my problem. 
because I got nowhere else to go on this anyway. I got to tell you, we started that when we were young. Uh, we've been through some financial duress back there in 2008, got crushed like some of you guys did, kept, kept doing it. I had, now this is no uh, kudos to me, this is just relationship with Jesus and so fun. I have recently had the opportunity to write a pretty substantial check um, because uh, we got a pretty good portion of money. And I was like, uh, Gwen and I sat down and she says, no, sorry Gwen. Um, she says, hey, that's a lot of money. Maybe we should do something with that. Not like do, like go on a vacation or something. She meant like some ministry thing or something like that. No way. I've been waiting for this forever. I've been the recipient forever of people who uh, get something and then generously give, and now it's my turn. That was a fun, well, actually, the app, and the app doesn't sound quite like that, but, and, and gave. Uh, matter of fact, we had to have the app changed so that we could give enough to do that. Now, I'm not saying nothing about me. I'm just saying the fun of it, to express your love for God with the first of the stuff. You're either listening to that going, I hate this part, and I'm hoping you move on. Or you're nodding your head going, I love this part because I've lived it out. And I know it. But I'm just saying, what does it look like to love God? We're not talking about the EBGB emotions right now. We're talking about the commitments that you make. And at the end of the day, love is expressed in commitments that you follow through on. At the end of the day. I'm just making it simple for you. Most fractured relationships that you can look at uh, are from broken commitments, right? Right? So you know how that goes when it doesn't work. Now God, he poured it all out for you. The Father did. So that, John says, so that you could be called children of God. The chapter right before says, he, his, lavish, his love was lavishly poured on, out on us so that we could be called children of God. You're in the family. So it's your opportunity. You get to respond like that. I'd put him first. You figure out what your first is and put it that way. Instead of negotiating on the second part. Now, here's another thing I would do, and um, it's kind of, I, don't, I don't know how to swing it into a commitment, but here's a strategy that I would look at if I were you, if you wanted to figure out how to uh, ex- uh, express your love for God. Gary Chapman wrote a book, I don't know, 25 years ago or something like that, uh, about the five love languages. Remember that one? Now, this isn't Bible, but it was pretty darn smart. And if you want to, uh, some of you guys have uh, uh, gone through that, and now you know how to relate to your spouse a little, or whoever you're in a relationship with a little bit better because you understand them and what makes them feel loved, right? That was quality time, uh, uh, physical touch, uh, gifts, um, words of affirmation. What is it? Acts of service. Thank you. Yeah, you have heard it. I knew somebody would help me when that was going to get a little short there. Thank you. Well, think about that for a minute. Those could be, if you're aware of your own uh, uh, bent for that, how you feel love. Like I'm, I'm words of affirmation. Gwen is acts of service. So we have to work because uh, I'm looking for her to say something to me and she's relating to me by serving me and that's, I don't, I don't care. And I'm like uh, saying things to her and she's like, leave me alone. That means nothing to me. Would you do the dishes? <laughs> right? So over time you go, you run to do the dishes so she feels loved. Do you know how you tick? Do you know, you know how you operate? Uh, think about those five things. If you know how you operate, I'll bet that's your pathway to express your love for God. 
Now, I bet that's your pathway because we're not all the same. Like, I think if you were uh, physical touch, uh, one of the expressions there, you express your love for God, is probably uh, maybe even around worship. So when you feel you're in worship and you feel God's presence move, you're like, yeah. You know what I mean? And somebody else who's not that way is going, that's good. I hope we get over that because I want to do this other stuff. Not wrong or right, just different. We say that all the time, don't we, Glenn? It's not wrong or right, it's just different, but it's your pathway. What I would do if you want to love God is I would respond to him and how he's made you because he loves to meet you there. So uh, if it's touch, uh, worship, that was the only way I could think of There's probably other expressions uh, for touch. Uh, words of affirmation, I can tell you that when I feel God's love, that's mine, when I feel God's love, it's when I'm in his word and I can feel him speaking his promises over me. And, or I'm in here and he'll speak to me in it and I'll go, oh, you love me. I love you, this is awesome. Somebody else, not, maybe not so much so. Service, you're down uh, right in the thick of people's lives in the down and dirty gutter, helping somebody, and you feel God's love, and you're, and you're expressing your love like, in that, that, like nobody else, right? Maybe gifts, uh, maybe gifts are like um, generosity. When some of you are made to be generous. When people are generous towards you, you feel it, and when you're generous, you feel it, and you love it. That's a pathway. I'd want to learn the pathway. If it's, if it's a quality time, maybe you're a person who has to pull away and have enough time to uh, let everything slow down. And I'll bet you're a person, if, if it's quality time, I bet you're a person that is being opposed at that where, by your busyness and everything that's going on. You know what I mean? But I think we lean into that. I, I, that's, that's what I would do. I would challenge you to lean into however you're built as a expression of loving God because he loves to meet you there. That's full circle. We love because he first loved us because this is a relationship. That's what we're trying to communicate. And that relationship is based on commitments. When you decide that you're going to be a a Jesus follower, um, by faith, you say, I want you uh, to be my Lord and I I'm going to follow you. I'm making a commitment to follow you as best as I can understand it, as best as how it rolls out. That's what you do when you get baptized. You're saying to all of your brothers and sisters, the family, I've made that commitment. That's what I'm doing. And you re-up every day. You re-up every day. Say, Lord, I commit to following you today, to loving you Love you with my commitments. I love you with my passions and how I'm built. And uh, help me understand that. I think what will happen as a result is that your light will begin to shine. (laughs) If last week was sunrise, now it's walking in the light. And you will start to be a light and bring light wherever you're at. So that's a simple message. I do want to say that if if you're in the room and... uh, you feel like you want to get started. You want to uh, make that commitment that I'm going to follow Jesus. Uh, we want to pray with you. There's a lot of people around you but who could just pray with you about that, to do that. And if you want to get baptized, that's a commitment that you're making. And uh, that's something that God has asked us to do. We're going to do that right now 
um, with Laura. Act on that. But as we're doing that, and before you take communion, you can grab that uh, bulletin, and there's a place on the back there that's blank for sermon stuff. And I guess what I'd ask you to do is before you come up and take uh, communion, I'd just like you to ask, Lord, are there any commitments that I ought to make? I mean, that's a, you're not going to give it to anybody. It's just between you and him because it's a relationship. Lord, is there any commitments I ought to make to express my love towards you? Because love is an action, and the ball is in your court. The ball is in your court right now. Are you you got to hit it. you got to hit it. Let me pray for that, and then we're going to, uh, Laura, we're going to, you're going to get baptized. So, everything we're doing is a response to you, God. And we respond by faith. I pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, you will speak uh, to each one of us, uh, wherever we're at. And, uh, uh, Lord, tell us, um, impress upon us a commitment we need to make or we need to increase. And I also pray, Lord, that um, you would give self, you would give an awareness uh, to all of us in the room how best we relate to you, maybe in one of those five areas. And we'll make a commitment to that. So I pray, Lord, that uh, uh, as we love you, our love for you increases, abounds more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, and that uh, you, Lord, are pleased with this relationship. We know you are. We know you're just wooing us, and you're just, you just so badly uh, just want to be with us, and you'll take us wherever we're at, and however uh, lame we are, you take us. We thank you for the good news of that. In Jesus' name, amen.